Hi everyone, welcome to Hatikva News. I have so much information for you again today. I'm getting really good at this. I spend all morning collecting the news. I'm uploading it all into my software with the images and the videos, and then I'm giving it straight to you. So without further ado, here we go. Now, uh, the first thing that I want to talk about is the mother. Her name is Iris Haim. Her name is Iris Haim. I'll just put it over my face so you can see her. Um, her son was one of the three hostages who were sadly murdered by the IDF. I'm going to put them up to... Um, oops. Still trying to figure out how to get really good at this, you guys. Um... So here you can see the mom, Iris, with her son, who's over here, and the two other fallen soldiers, three total, uh, sorry, fallen hostages. Sorry, you guys. Still waking up this morning, even though it's almost two o'clock. Okay, so I would like to read what she said. Iris Haim, mother of Yotam Haim, who was among the three hostages accidentally mistaken for terrorist and killed by the IDF, sent a message, a message to the soldiers who accidentally shot her son. In her message, she told the soldiers, I love and appreciate you. I have no anger. I understand the complicated situation you were in. She also said that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu informed her that her son would receive an IDF decoration even though he did not serve in the IDF due to medical reasons. So that's, that's a very nice statement from the mother. Very generous of her to say. And that's very nice of Bibi to honor that fallen soldier, uh, fallen hostage, sorry, I keep saying that. These are hostages, were hostages. And um, I assume that the other hostages, maybe they already served in the IDF. That's why that uh, particular recommend uh, accommodation, um, decoration. Wow, you guys, sorry, I'm tongue-tied this morning. Uh, maybe that is why the two other hostages who have fallen were not honored with that decoration because they themselves already served. I do not know. Um, so there's new details emerging as well about this situation that one hostage shouted, help hostages at IDF dogs camera. Footage from the IDF dogs camera could have alerted soldiers to hostages' presence, but was only discovered after their deaths. So, um, <sighs> that's really tough stuff, you guys. I mean, obviously, we want all of the hostages to come home safely, and the IDF is doing everything they can, um, but yeah, really tough stuff, especially to know that one of the IDF dogs footage cameras captured that plea for help and that footage wasn't found until after the deaths. Um, that's really tough stuff, you guys. Okay. Um, so I now want to bring up this image of Ophir Engel. He is a released hostage and he's sitting here with his parents. Uh, the, the message said family. I assume that those are his parents. He looks a lot like his dad. Um, he was released. He is safe and he has spoken at a hostage release ceremony um and they told us the families don't want us to come home those are words from Ophir Engel 
Um, he was kidnapped on Simchat Torah, the Black Sabbath, October 7th. And he returns to Kibbutz Beri. Um, he is 17 years old. He was freed from Hamas ca captivity last month and spoke Wednesday during his first visit to Kibbutz Berry, where he was kidnapped from on the morning of October 7th. I have a very short video of him speaking. I will play it for you. Two is guns, one is RPG. First thing, they shoot the dog. Then they took me into a black house. The last thing I remember He's been carried away, and Yuval, my girlfriend, say I love you. They abused us mentally. They told us that the family don't want us to come back, and that we are going to stay in Gaza more than you. One of the most difficult moments was when the terrorists moved us twice in absolute darkness, with non-stop booms all around us. I was there. And every moment the hostages are there is danger. They have no time. Why do I get to be in and they don't? They all have to come back home now. So yeah, you guys, this is really tough stuff. Um, I'm doing my best to go quickly so people will stay tuned. But you got to kind of give me a break on all this stuff today. Um, doing all of this research this morning has really kind of put me in a slump, to be honest. So I'm not quite myself. If you could, though, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Leave a comment so I can respond to you. I do have special settings on the comments. So if you don't see your comment show up right away, don't worry, you don't need to comment again. I just have to approve a lot of comments because of the haters, because of the haters. So it's not free range on this YouTube channel, but that also means it's safe for us to create a community. So I'm only allowing comments from people who are at least nice. You can have a different opinion than me, but make your comment nice and we can all have a a nice community here, a good interaction. So I hope you'll subscribe. I hope you'll comment and do all the YouTube stuff. And if you're listening on a podcast streaming site, thank you so much for listening. I do apologize. You're going to have to come to YouTube to see all of the photos and video footage that I am sharing here live on YouTube. And after the live ends, I post them to all the podcast streaming platforms. So if you prefer to listen to me while you're driving in the car and you don't want to deal with YouTube or whatever, you can find me on like every single podcast platform now. I have set that up. So thank you so much for participating and being a part of this journey with me. Okay, so I will continue with the news. Now, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has said, you guys know I like to read what he says. I'm not necessarily a BB fan, um, but he is the Prime Minister right now, so it's important that we know what he's saying. So Hamas terrorists have two choices, surrender or die. Wow. The Prime Minister reaffirmed that Israel will continue the war until Hamas is eliminated and all of the hostages are released. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, so for those of you who don't know, BB is his nickname. It helps get his name out faster. Benjamin Netanyahu is a mouthful. So I might just start calling him BB now that we all know that. Published a declaration on Wednesday evening. Today is Wednesday. It is already nighttime in Israel. So this was just a few hours ago, which included a message for the Hamas terror organization. We are continuing the war to the end. It will continue until the elimination of Hamas, until victory. Whoever thinks we will stop is not connected to reality. We will not stop the fighting until we reach the goals we set. The elimination of Hamas, the release of the hostages, and the removal of the threat Gaza, of the threat from Gaza, the threat that Gaza poses. Those are the three main <clears throat> military goals. 
We are striking Hamas with fire, an inferno, everywhere. Today included, we are also hitting their accomplices from close and from afar. I have many, many pictures and videos to show you guys today. So stick with me here because this is going to be a lot of stuff. All Hamas terrorists from the list... First to last are dead men walking. They only have two options, surrender or die. That is what Bibi is saying, and that's how he concluded his speech. Now, there is some chats of a two-week ceasefire. I would like to bring up this image of the Red Cross while I just mention... There was already a ceasefire. We still have not had the Red Cross visit the Israeli hostages. I still want to do a whole video on the Red Cross. I will. And when I do it, I hope you guys will actually watch it because it's a lot of information. I've been doing a lot of research. It's coming. Um, it's just only so many hours in the day, you guys. Um, according to the report, the purpose of this ceasefire would be to enable Hamas to collect all the hostages from around Gaza and release a few dozen of them. Journalist David Ignatius states that Israel might commit to pulling back its forces after this ceasefire and conduct more pinpointed attacks, mostly in northern Gaza. We also mentioned that even though officials in Israel estimate that the war will last several more months, Leaders know that they have to move on to the next stage in the war, also enable to also to enable the reserve duty soldiers to go back home and back to work. So if you've listened to other videos of mine, I won't speak on this for too long, but Hamas has moved into southern Gaza. So we can't just stay in the Israel can't just stay in the north or those three phases of war won't be completed. So, I mean, that's that. Um, and, yeah, I'm sure the reserve soldiers would like to go home. 300,000 of them showed up from all around the world, and they all have jobs and families and apartments or mortgages, whatever. They have bills to pay, too. So it is a problem, but our reserve duty soldiers are committed to the mission and... As the families of the hostage, fallen hostages have said, the families of the fallen soldiers have said, and the soldiers themselves, they are committed to finishing this fight. So none of the blood lost is in vain. None of the lives lost is in vain. So there's that. Um, okay, so the IDF... Artillery Defense Array intercepted six launches from Lebanon after sirens in Yifta, northern Israel. An IAF aircraft targeted the launcher and a terrorist cell in Lebanon. Another strike hit a Hezbollah military site with an active terrorist cell. Two IDF reserve soldiers were moderately injured in an, in an attack on an IDF post in Malkia, that's in northern Israel. They've been evacuated for medical treatments and their families are informed. I do have video footage of the strike. Let me see if I can pick out the right one. I have a lot of videos here for you. So it looks like... It's this one? Okay, so again, if you are listening on a podcast streaming site, some of these videos don't have sound, some of them do, sorry about that, but if you hear a pause in the sound, don't worry, I'll be right back. And thousands of soldiers are fighting these days in harsh conditions of frost, mud, and snow on the northern front of Lebanon. In the description, I have linked a reputable 
place for you to go donate money in order for the soldiers to get their thermal wear for the winter. And I have a video of this organization discussing this. That's great. So they have already received some thermal wear. They still need more, you guys. There's 300,000 reserve soldiers. There's another 200,000 soldiers that are just in duty as it is. Um, so many, many, many soldiers need thermal wear. So if you have a few extra bucks, the organization is called Va'ad Hasadaka. And Sadaka means um, like donation. Um, it's something that we Jewish people put a little si- put a little money aside every Friday night. That's part of our Shabbat, and that's tzedakah, and that goes to a good deed. So if you'd like to do a good deed, you can help the Israeli soldiers with their winter wear. And um, I know that that was in Hebrew. Again, if you're listening to a podcast streaming site, they were pretty much just saying, thank you so much for what we've already received, and we are praying for peace, okay? Um, I want to reiterate, as I always do, it's called the Israel Defense Force because we defend. We never start the war. The war starts, they attack us, and we defend ourselves. And the the temperatures do continue to drop. Uh, More kits are urgently needed for tens of thousands of soldiers fighting at the front in harsh conditions. And I listed the link in the description. And, um... I do have a picture here. We're just going to keep moving on. We have um, a picture of a fallen soldier. And um, I actually think that this is Uriel Cohen. Sadly, he has fallen. There were, I believe, two or three fallen soldiers in the past 24 hours. I wanted to show his picture. He looks like such a good guy. You know, all of these people, all these soldiers, they are young. Even the reserve duty soldiers, they are young. 19, 20s, 30s. These are people who have their whole lives ahead of them. And then also Lior Sivan um has also fallen so sad stuff you guys um okay so significant idf airstrike activity against hezbollah sites in lebanon this morning i do have a video of that Oh, I showed that video already. Um, I guess my notes aren't perfect. So there have been many, many different um, airstrikes going on. I have a ton of videos. So sorry, guys. Uh, Like I said, today I'm a little bit thrown off. Um, The news about the hostages, the news about the fallen soldiers. This is all tough stuff, you guys. Some days I'm on my A-game. Yesterday was an A-game day. Today's a little slower. Um, 
negotiation uh okay 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 so okay so the reason that there's airstrike activity against hezbollah in lebanon is because of the increased escalations of suicide drones and rocket attacks against israel so again israel is just responding now, negotiations return as a big topic with many rumors, several news flashes from U.S. media, and movement of important people, and directed related, directly related, Hamas and Islamic Jihad have both released videos of elderly men hostages showing they are alive. I always say we do not share those videos. It is psychological warfare. If you see the videos out there somewhere, please report them. And the Israeli public opinion is sort of being pulled both ways with distraught hostage families having a big voice and supporting protests, but families of fallen soldiers and mothers of the combat soldiers demanding that Israel act strong. I do kind of keep repeating myself, but yes. UN Security Council has another ceasefire but Hamas is not terrorist vote scheduled which is on hold while they try to convince the U.S. to not veto it. The U.N. is a complete sham. Reports of major IDF and security force activity throughout Judea and Samaria overnight and this morning and an attempted ramming attack in Judea this morning. I have that picture as well. Here it is. So the proof is in the pudding, you guys. I am going to start not just speaking and hoping you take my word for it, but showing you evidence as well. So, um, yes. Okay. A little update on Red Sea and shipping. U.S. continues to make many protection coalition announcements, but no new activity yet. Yemen puts out many threatening statements and videos. I've shown those videos on the Modern Day Pirates YouTube video if you want to go watch it. It's really, it's not that crazy. I mean, they're showing weapons, rockets, artillery, uh, I mean, every country has this, right? So it's not that shocking. They're showing something. I did see a really funny video on Instagram yesterday. I kind of wish I had that one to show you. <laughs> but there's like a video of Yemeni people with guns like dancing around on Israeli flags. That's not so funny. But the funny part is that, like, they're trying to show strength, but they're, like, doing a little, like, funny tap, 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 toe tap, dancey dance. Just, you know, kind of very feminine and silly. And, I mean, yes, it was on top of the Israeli flag, so that's not funny and that's not good. They shouldn't do that, you know. But <laughs> it wasn't really, like, a show of strength. They're just, like, dancing around with guns, not even like, you know, like the warrior dance that um, the native people do. I'm forgetting the, uh, the, what that dance is. But like all of the South African rugby games and stuff, they do that dance like hoo-ha, hoo-ha, whatever. Um, it wasn't like that. It was like a little ballet class. <laughs> I kind of got a kick out of it. All right. Sorry. I digress. I'm moving on. So, um, on the settler violence situation, which the U.S. and the EU countries are up in arms about, yeah, I mean, it's not good. It's not good. Um, Palestinian on Israeli violence in Judea and Samaria is approximately 16 incidents per day. Um, whereas Israeli on Palestinian violence is approximately... 0.16 incidents per day, meaning 
Palestinian attacks on Israelis happen a hundred times more than Israeli attacks on Palestinians. Now, this statistic is actually from one of my WhatsApp groups. My WhatsApp groups are very reliable. However, if anybody would like to fact check me on that, please feel free. Write a nice comment here on any sort of link or article fact checking that. And I'm happy to approve that comment. And again, if anybody wants to come and podcast with me, have a conversation with me, the Calendly link is in every single YouTube description now. So book your time to come chat with me. Lebanon, all morning today on Wednesday, the IDF has been attacking Hezbollah targets in southern Lebanon. Yes, I did show that video. I showed it twice now. Okay, so there's a location here. It's the Aya Ashab, four consecutive attacks a short time ago against the villages of Ether and Beit Lief. Six consecutive attacks from the air were, were recorded a short time ago near the village of Ital al-Sha'ab in southern Lebanon. I would like to point out that several weeks ago, Israel gave the civilians in southern Lebanon a very clear and direct order that they need to go ahead and move north for their safety in the meantime, just like Israel told the citizens in northern Israel on the border with Lebanon to move south for their safety. So Israel is warning the southerners in Lebanon and the northerners in Israel, everybody who is on that green line, the border there between those countries, to get out of the way because it is becoming a war zone. So these attacks that are happening were forewarned and civilians were told to leave the villages and the towns around the border of Lebanon in both Lebanon and Israel. I just really want to make that clear. You know, something that we never, ever, ever see in war with any other country is explaining what they're going to do ahead of time, weeks and weeks ahead of time, giving civilian warning weeks and weeks ahead of time, you know, like prepare, make moves, figure out what you got to go do, stay with another family, go on vacation. I don't know, you guys. I understand that having to leave your home is very, very difficult, but isn't it better that somebody is giving you a warning than just somebody dropping a bomb on your house or being stuck in the middle of a war zone I know not everybody has the financial means to just go on vacation I get that I'm not trying to sound like it's an easy thing to do but no other country in the world tells their war plans ahead of time no other country in the world gives civilians and their enemy the update, the news ahead of time. I know I'm repeating myself, you guys, but this really is how I feel today. And this might end up being a long video because I have a lot to tell you and I'm just chatting. So Gaza continues battles in Jalila and that's in North Gaza with supporting airstrikes. I have... I have some stuff to show you on that. So... This is a couple, let me just bring up all these images at once. Not all of them, two of them. Let me bring up two of these images. So I have a couple things going on here. Um, this is the IDF working in Gaza. Now, one of these images is, I believe, Jalila. And the other one is Shajaya. And... There has been a lot of activity happening. So we have the IDF troops conducting targeted raids in Jabalia. They located a truck with long-range rockets installed by Hamas terrorist organization. Numerous weapons, including guns, were located. The troops destroyed the vehicle and the rockets. 
there have and I have a video of that I'm going to show you that in one second they have also bombed 56 buildings in the Shajaya neighborhood and the IDF is sharing the footage and all of they're very transparent with what they're doing which is why I have so much information and images and videos to show you um I'm going to show you that in in just a second so also throughout the day the troops identified terrorist organizations that took cover in a compound in Jabalia in coordination with the IAF and ground troops, an IDF aircraft targeted and killed the terrorists within the compound. I do have videos of that too. A compound where an I, uh, where an anti-tank missile launch post suspected of firing towards IDF vehicles was struck as well. And as well around Kanyunas in South Gaza. Sadly, two hero soldiers fell. Two hero soldiers fell fell in battle I did show Uriel's picture and I showed Lee uh, and I talked about Lior I do not have his picture um okay so let me show you some of these videos Okay, so that was the um, that was the RPGs in Kanyunas, and now I'm going to show the long range rocket. I mean, listen. They are not videographers, right? They're soldiers and they, um, honestly, probably that video that we just saw of the long-range rockets was probably either a helmet camera or like a vest camera or something like police officers wear. I don't believe that was somebody actually trying to take a video with their phone necessarily. I mean, they're in war zone, you guys. And let's see what we also have. Intelligence UVA launch posts. That one was actually kind of interesting. So that is drone video footage. That's interesting. So you can see the trucks. You can see the Hamas terrorists sort of scattering around. If you are still listening and you are on a podcast streaming platform, I highly recommend you come to the YouTube channel and go about 30 minutes in on this video and you can see that video that I just posted. And let me see if there is um, another video. Um, so the Israeli Air Force wipes out South Hamas aerial unit. Let's watch. So I would just like to point out, in that video in particular, you can see that they're targeted attacks. They are specifically targeting terrorist infrastructure, and the houses and buildings around are still standing. It's not like a giant bomb is going off. They are targeting specific places.
And now we have an aircraft strike. This one might be. Okay, so yeah, that one did seem a bit bigger. I do want to point out, because we are honest and transparent on this channel, that more than 300 terror targets were struck since Tuesday. So, a lot is happening in Gaza right now. And that is a joint operation with the aerial and naval units of the IDF and they are striking terrorist and terrorist infrastructure you guys and um there's also still ongoing close quarter combats with terrorists on the ground and that is also like what is helping the aerial and naval operations because we have troops on the ground sussing out exactly what's going on um so yeah and after terrorists fired at troops in southern gaza multiple raids were carried out they also found rifles ammunition explosive devices and approximately 20 mortar shells were located by troops at the site I only have a little bit of a concept of what half of this is. I'm really excited to have the army specialist on next week. Maybe we can get to know a bit more of this. Maybe we can do like an education session and I can show some pictures of what everything is and he can talk with us about this. That would be great. If he's watching this now, that's what I want to do. Um, During operational activity in the Kanyunas area... Uh, the troops identified that RPG exiting out of a military site and that was hit with the IAF aircraft to strike and eliminate the terrorists. I did show that video. And the video that we talked about of the two hostages that are still alive that we do not, sh we don't share those, we don't repost those, but the older men are Elad Katsir and Gadi Moses. They are seen alive and they're calling for their release. I would like to now put up a picture of the Bebus family. I am sure you have seen this image everywhere. I am posting it for a moment here while I talk with you about what the relative of the Bebus family has said. Yossi Schneider, a cousin of Shiri Bibas, who was kidnapped by Hamas with her children and husband, Yardin, said Wednesday morning, that was today, this morning in Israel, that Israelis have become accustomed to the fact that Kafir, Ariel, the children, and their parents are in captivity. In an interview with Kanrishet Bet, Schneider said, I called the list of released hostages Modern Day Schindler's List. If you have not seen the Schindler List movie, you should go watch that. Every day we waited and waited to hear the names on the lists, to know who was alive and who was not. The cousin, Yossi, spoke about the concerns for the Bebus family's health. We are seriously concerned for the children's health. Kafir was supposed to receive vitamins and formulas that were important for his growth and development. We are very concerned for his health. I want to add here really quick before I continue on with Yossi's statement 
that a doctor spoke uh, during that 10-day ceasefire we had where we were doing the hostage prisoner release. The doctor spoke about how the development for these young children, if you are a parent, I'm sure you know that that is a very important stage in a child's life, those young developmental years and how this is going to cause very serious effects not just health effects but mental problems not like I think you know what I mean this is going to be hard for them to overcome and they are losing a lot of this developmental time these days months and god forbid a year it's a day is like a year in a child's developmental life. That's pretty much what I'm trying to say. And that's what he was saying. And so it really is just freaking disgusting that Hamas or Gazan civilians, now that we know Gazan civilians are also involved in taking hostages, that they would take children, that they would take civilians at all, but especially the children. It's just disgusting. So anyways, uh, Yossi's statement continues. He said, we understand that they were moved to another organization which is not the Islamic Jihad. It could be another gang. From Yarden's video, we saw some signs of life. It made us feel good. On the other hand, in this video, we saw his precarious mental state and that he is very thin. That is the father. The possibility that they were transferred to another terrorist organization or that they were sold to someone else is unbelievable. This level of evil is totally inhumane and exceeds all limits. I feel a certain level of numbness that Israelis have accepted this situation. I see it in the number of soldiers who are killed every day. It affects us all less. It is less painful. We have unfortunately become accustomed to soldiers being killed and falling in battle and to the situation of Kafir, Ariel, and their parents in captivity. Finally, he was asked what message he would like to convey to the Prime Minister and the Minister of Defense. He said, I don't have much to say to them. The hostages must be their top priority. Hamas must be destroyed and Hamas leader Aya Sinwar killed. That can be done tomorrow, but the hostages must be returned home now. I would like to point out that what the family member, the cousin, Yossi, is saying are the top three directives of what the IDF is trying to accomplish. That is exactly what the IDF is trying to do. Those are their three main motives. So the Washington Post and Reuters have... Oh, okay. The Okay, so Reuters says that the negotiation for hostage release is off. And Washington Post says that Israel is ready for a two-week ceasefire in exchange for the release of dozens of hostages. Yesterday, Hamas published a video recording of three live hostages. Islamic Jihad Today publishes a video of two live hostages. And the most senior person in Hamas, Ismail Haniya, is arriving in Cairo, but met with the Iranian foreign minister before leaving Qatar. According to the spokesman of the Iranian foreign ministry, Haniya told the Iranian minister about the high morale of the quote-unquote resistance activists. Who are terrorists? God. Sorry, you guys. Really aggravating. And that Hamas would not be ready for negotiations under fire. So, Reuters says no negotiations. Washington Post says Israel is ready. Hamas says absolutely not, pretty much. Um, but Israel National News, 
is confirming that Israel is considering a two-week ceasefire for hostage release. And... Oh, that it could be up to two weeks. Listen, last time we had this hostage-prisoner-swap situation, and I know I have said this many times, but I'll say it again, that... Hamas broke the ceasefire. They broke it because they failed to release the names of the people that they were going to release the next day. Israel waited until 7 a.m. for that list. And in the meantime, while they were waiting for that list, Hamas was launching rockets at Israel. And the whole time, Israel was waiting patiently and had the prisoners ready for the swap. I know I said this yesterday. I know I say it all the time. I would like to repeat it in case there's new people watching. So according to one of the reports, um, one of the forces pushing in the direction for this ceasefire is the U.S. government, who is putting heavy pressure on Israel to move in a more focused military action in Gaza. We have talked about that. I'm going to move on. Okay. So, a French diplomat was killed in Gaza. He worked at the French Cultural Center in Gaza and helped Gazan residents to interface with the French consulate consulate in Gaza. He had been in Rafa since at least the beginning of November and was asked to leave the Gaza Strip through the Rafa crossing along with his four children. But he refused and remained in the strip? That sounds really weird. And then also, so this next sentence has a question. This is from my WhatsApp group. France has a consulate and a cultural center and Gaza? Question mark. I can find nothing on a consulate. But it looks like the cultural center opened in 2012 in Gaza City. Okay. The UN Security Council to vote on another ceasefire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're trying, they're delaying because they're trying to convince the US to veto it. Sorry, you guys, a little bit of this is repetitive because I'm getting so much information from so many sources and sometimes it overlaps. Um, Judea and Samaria. IDF and security forces entered and and engaged to arrests overnight in Beit Omar, the Hebron area. We have talked about Hebron on here before. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch the viral anti-Israel that I debunk. It's a video on here. It's in the Hatikva podcast news playlist and you'll get a lot of information. Tamon is in the Tubas area, Ada Camp, Bethlehem area, Silwad, Ramallah area, Beit Dijan, Shechem area, Luban Hasharkia, Shechem area, Asira El Kabaliya, Shechem area, Kafar Adik. Salfit area, Yamon is in Janine area, firefights in Tamon. I normally do not give all that information on Judea and Samaria. You can see why. It is a mouthful because I have to say Arabic and Hebrew and English. I probably won't do that again. I always just say there is a lot of stuff happening in Judea and Samaria. There always is. There's always stuff happening in Judea and Samaria. It is a S show. I'm not supposed to swear on YouTube, but it really is a crap show. Am I allowed to say crap? Is that a swear word? I don't know. Okay, you guys. I, um, I'm not really feeling myself today. Sorry if this is a weird video. So just some more information for you guys. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to finish off my notes here. Malaysia blocks Zim. The Prime Minister of Malaysia, Anwar Ibrahim, has now announced that the Israeli-headquartered shipping company Zim will be prohibited from docking or transiting in the territorial waters of his country. 
So I'm a little confused because I did a whole thing on shipping. That's the modern day pirates video. And from my research and my understanding, Israel doesn't have any shipping companies. This does say headquartered. So it's not an Israeli owned shipping company. They just happen to have a headquarters in Israel. Which makes sense. Israel is a democracy. Israel is in the heart of the Middle East, which allows a shipping company. We have great ports in Israel, so that allows a shipping company owned by another country to have a headquarter in Israel and to be able to then distribute their goods all over the Middle East. So, Malaysia wants to block whatever the Zim company is. Who owns Zim company? So, in 2004... Zim actually became privatized. It is the Integrated Shipping Services. And it is controlled by Ophir Brothers Group. That might be an Israel corporation, according to Google. Okay. So I guess Israel does have one shipping company. So, okay, learn something new today, you guys. I love learning new things. So that's also a fact correction for my modern day pirates YouTube video. I will go in and fix that and add that into the description later of that video. Um, all right, let's see what else we got going on here, you guys. So... Palestinian workers are going to be allowed back in. This is good news. Um, listen, you guys, Israel employs a lot of Palestinians. And this is also something that's weird when the free Palestine people want to do the the boycotts, the, what is it, BDS, boycott, divestment, and sanctions stuff. Um, because Palestinians are, are making a living wage in Israel. So the BDS movement is actually harming Palestinians. So these people don't know anything. I don't know everything, but that doesn't mean I'm always wrong just because I'm not always right. But I got to tell you guys, BDS is horrible for Israel. Uh, for the Palestinians. I mean, and for Israel too, obviously. But for the Palestinians, it's like very, very bad for the Palestinians. And there is a Jordanian guy. I have it on my Hatikva News Instagram. He is speaking at a summit in Sweden or something. And he himself is saying how BDS is horrible for the Palestinians. So if you don't believe me, you can take his word for it. And maybe I'll do like a special BDS video. I, I want to do the Red Cross. I want to do BDS. I want to do the regular news updates. I want to do interviews with all my awesome guests. There's a lot to do. And I'm a one girl show here, you guys. I'm a one girl show. So if you're still watching, please like, subscribe, and do all the stuff. Okay, so the Palestinian workers are allowed back in. Under the radar, about 8,000 Palestinians return to work. Even in non-essential enterprises, economy minister Nir Barkat, the approval given to allow Palestinian workers to enter factories in Israel is against the decision of the economic cabinet. But there are those who haven't learned their lesson of October 7th. We must not entrust the wheels of the Israeli economy to the hands of Palestinian workers this is a political security and economic danger. Well, listen, you guys, not all Palestinians are terrorists. Yesterday, I did say that a new poll came out that 82% approve of what Hamas did on October 7th. 
that is not good. That's really not good. But that means that there are 18% of Palestinians that deserve jobs. So we got to figure out who's who and what's what. And with Mossad and CIA and everybody else, Shabak, that really shouldn't be too hard to figure out. So, but again, BDS, you're just harming the Palestinians. All right. Gaza, huge explosions. Yes, I did show you that. Lebanon, the IDF began a wave of attacks on Hezbollah. I showed you that. Syria, large explosions near or at the Damascus airport in Syria. I do not have a video of that. I wish I did. Um, I think this is like the third time that the Damascus airport in Syria has been attacked. Um, I'm not sure all three of those times were Israel, but I wonder if people are still even flying in and out of Damascus. I wouldn't. It sounds like just don't go to Syria. And uh, yeah, shipping. According to Bloomberg, more than 100 container ships changed their sailing route and chose to circle the African continent due to the Houthis. Greece advises ships to avoid sailing in the Yemen area. That is the Red Sea. This is against the fact that 20% of the merchant ships in the world are owned by Greek companies and businessmen. Yeah, you guys, so my modern day pirate video, sounds like that video is going to be relevant for about a month. It's on YouTube, you could go watch it. It's going to cause a massive, massive issue. And people, you need to go buy what you need now. Stock up, get groceries, canned food, dried food, things you can store for a month. Things are going to get really expensive. It's going to take forever for things to arrive now. I mean, you just heard what I said. A hundred different ships are now going to travel around the African continent. All right, so universities in Israel are delaying the start of the school year. Um, IDF chief of staff and the head of the Reservist Association requested to be further delayed due to the war and people called for army duty. The universities are concerned further delay will result in canceling the academic year. And anyone not on army duty have their lives on hold as well as universities could start at any time or not. Conversely, those in service will lose a year if universities start. There are proposals for pause and let the returning reservists catch up if the war finishes during the academic semester being considered. Yeah, I mean, they probably should just start school because we don't know how long all of this is going to last. And... Our reservists are very smart. I'm sure they can even get some extra credit for serving in the war. I'm sure there's ways to sort that out. Um, Education Minister Yoav Kish is considering supporting another postponement of the school year in favor of the reservists, even at the cost of canceling the summer semester. Well, there shouldn't be a summer semester anyways. All right. Education. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Related, 100% of degree funding for released fighters. I talked about this yesterday, and the bill passed the second and third readings and entered law. That's awesome. So the bill states that even released fighters are who are now students will be entitled to 100% reimbursement for their entire degree retroactively. That is awesome. Good job, Israel. That's very, very, very cool. Coalition Chairman Katz says, I admire our fighters. You deserve everything. Oh, that gave me goosebumps. That's really great. I love that. And last but not least, you guys. Well, unless, you know, I've been talking to you for an hour and my news updates are always updated. Um, but the last thing I have on my notes is that if you would like to travel to Israel, (laughs) actually, I met somebody just the other day who is not Jewish, 
not Israeli, and just loves Israel. And she is going to travel to Israel and volunteer with, it's not Sarel, but it's another company that is allowing people to come help. And she's just going to go help out for two weeks, which is really cool. So you can do that if you want. I'd be happy to post some links here if anybody has watched this far and wants to go volunteer. Um, But the link that I did add in the description below is regarding travel insurance to Israel. So if you're going to go to Israel, you need to get travel insurance. Maybe you have your own travel insurance that you always use, I suppose that's fine. But there is a special travel insurance through an Israeli company. They have English speakers. That way you know you're taken care of on the English side of things. And actually in Israel, people speak like 500 languages. So no matter what language you speak, you will have service through this company. It's called Shemi. I posted the link in the description. Go ahead and check that out. Also, that link gives people sort of like warnings and updates and everything on what is happening in Israel. And just a good rule of thumb for traveling, no matter where you travel, what I always do is I go through the U.S. Embassy website. Excuse me. Still not feeling great, you guys. I go through the U.S. Embassy website and I connect my information with the U.S. travel form and you tell them exactly where you're going to be on what dates and you can even list like the hotel you're staying at, your contact phone number, of course your email and then what they do is they send you ongoing updates So no matter what is happening in whatever country you're in, the U.S. will send you those news updates regarding what is happening, where is safe, where isn't safe. And as always, if you don't do this, you need to start doing this. You need to know where the U.S. embassy is, every country you go to, every city you go to, if you're in a different country. And... If for some reason the U.S. Embassy is not in the city that you are visiting, you need to figure out what the safe zone is for you if something happens, especially as the world just keeps getting crazier. If you are still traveling, make sure that you know where you can go that's safe if something happens. So just because there's not a U.S. Embassy in that city There might be a friendly embassy that you can go to off the top of my head. Maybe the British embassy, right? Just kind of think about what you can do, where you can go in case something happens. And you know, I'm not just talking about wars or civil unrest. There have also been many volcanoes, tsunamis, many different disruptions happening all around the world. So just make sure that you are prepared and you know what you're doing. And travel insurance is a great thing to have no matter where you are going. And just in case you're checking luggage, I don't advise it, but if you are checking luggage, try to buy your plane ticket with a credit card that offers travel insurance reimbursement you're still probably going to want to buy another travel insurance but that way if your luggage gets lost or your flight gets canceled the credit card company will reimburse you long before the airline company will and that's just a good thing to know too because we're coming up on the holiday season people are traveling for Christmas and such so just keep that in mind And I realized that that wasn't even really a news update. That's just me chatting. If you have made it this long in the video, I guess you just like hearing what I have to say. So awesome. Now that might be it for my update today. And I hope that you enjoyed this. I just am double checking really quick that nothing new came in. Um... I did do a whole video on the largest tunnel ever found in Gaza. IDF found the tunnel. There's a lot of pictures and videos on that 
YouTube video I did for you guys on the Hamas tunnel. It looks like there's some sort of update here on that. And oh, interesting. Okay, so actually, this video has been really long. I think I'm going to close this video out and say goodbye. And then I think I'm going to come back on here in just a little bit, take a break, and talk more about this um, update on the tunnels in Gaza. So much love to you all. Thank you so much for watching. I hope you're enjoying this channel. Please like, subscribe, comment, and like become part of the community. I want to reach out to people. I know that YouTube doesn't normally let you like write your email in or anything, but on my link tree, I have a form that you can fill out if you want to get in touch with me. And that way I'll have your information. I can send you an email. We can chat. And if you want to come on the show, the Calendly link is also there, and that way we can talk more about Israel, what you're doing to help Israel, or if you have a different opinion than me, I'd like to still talk with you as long as it can be, you know, civil and have a nice conversation. And I love le learning new things. So anyways, guys, this was fun. I feel like I'm about to lose my voice. Love you so much. Thank you for everything, and I will see you soon.